you know, the first thing is first is learning how to manage your money, the money that you do have, the money that you're making, regardless from what source, whether it's ordinary earned income or passive income, you need to manage your money. And if you don't know how to manage your money, if you, you know, if you're in debt and, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, then I think that's the first step. You found the Real Estate Law Podcast. Because real estate is more than just pretty pictures, and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. If you're a real estate professional or looking to build real estate expertise, then welcome to the conversation and discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. It's the Real Estate Law Podcast. Thanks again for listening to another episode. Jason Muth here along with Rory Gill, attorney broker from Urban Village Legal and Exxon Title Town Real Estate. And Rory, today, we're going to be talking about time freedom, which is something that lots of our listeners try to achieve. It's something that we're trying to achieve personally. And we have a guest on today that's going to talk all about how she and her family uh, are working toward and have worked toward time freedom. And she's written a book about it, too. Great. And I'm looking forward to taking a little bit of time out of my day job to hear about it. Yeah. So let's bring in our guest. Uh, this is Gianna Romani. She's in Florida right now, uh, also known as G. So we'll we'll go back and forth, uh, Gianna. But Sounds good. I don't think I know you enough to call you G just yet. So I don't know. Maybe by the end of the podcast, we will. Maybe by the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, Gianna G has written uh, Day Hustle, Receive the Benefits of a Day Job While You Grow Your Side Hustle. Man, everyone's got to hustle these days. Like everyone's working 17 jobs. And in the past, it was 17 jobs to make ends meet. And some people still are doing that. But a lot of people just have that that W-2 job. And then they have that side hustle, which is their true passion, but doesn't make them enough money. And they're trying to put those two things together. And, you know, time freedom is something on everyone's mind these days. Financial freedom really does mean time freedom and vice versa. So we'd love to hear your thoughts about all that stuff. But uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you both. It's really nice to be here. And I'm excited to talk real estate and uh, time freedom. Definitely. G and her family, they're also real estate investors. Uh, and we are the Real Estate Law Podcast. So we want to weave a little bit of your real estate journey into there. But tell us a bit about yourself and, and how you found your way to becoming an author of of this book of such an important topic, which, by the way, if you're watching the video, it's over your left shoulder, Day Hustle. And over uh, G's right shoulder, it says hustle harder. So hustle is probably a big word in your life, right? It is. It is. But um, really, what we're trying to do is redefine what hustle means to people. Um, I think, you know, being in real estate and, you know, having side hustles and, and businesses and things like that, it's always been, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle. And that's great, right? You know, it means you have a good work ethic and it means hopefully that you're doing something that you enjoy for hours upon hours, days upon days. But life is short. And um, and we all have more than just our jobs that we want to find fulfillment from, you know, whether that's family, um, you know, or, or anything else. And so um, I got into real estate. Why don't we start there? When I was um, 18 years old, I actually uh, went to California to go to school and um, I needed a job for three months before school started. And it so happened that a property management and real estate company had somebody on maternity leave for three months. And uh, and it was just, you know, uh, perfect timing from there. And little did I know that I'd be in the real estate industry um, ever since and still am in one way, shape or form. So 
uh, feel free to to chime in uh, with any questions. But that's how I got started in in the business was as a W two employee, like you said. Um, I it helped me to get my real estate license um, in California first. Uh, when I went back to Maryland, I got my real estate license there too. But um, it was just more for the opportunities that it would allow me to do um, in, in the property management side of it. And um, when my husband and I decided that we wanted to move to Florida, um, we thought that, you know what, people retire when they go to Florida. Honey, why don't you retire and just focus on our investments? So it's been five years now, um, this July, that we've been in Florida and um he retired from his uh, corporate job and um, just been focusing on our investments. And I joined him last year. And, you know, that's kind of where the stay hustle things comes into play. Um, your investments. So you had the foresight to make some investments many years ago, um, which I think is key along the way. A lot of people want to have that early retirement, um, but they can't just kind of leave their job. Then they have nothing. Uh, you know, we... I left my job last year uh, as my job ended and we had investments. So it wasn't really a big blow or anything because this is what we were going to do with the next chapter of our lives anyway. You know, we have five short-term rentals uh, that we've been operating for quite some time now. Um, what are your investments and and what was the foresight that you had to, um, to put some money into real estate that then allowed your husband to um, retire early from his job? Well, we were lucky, I think, because being in the real estate industry, you're surrounded by amazing, intelligent people, and you're you're already surrounded by people with a different mindset than strictly W-2 employees. So we knew that investing in real estate is or was going to be a big part of our vision. And, you know, not having to trade time for money and so forth. So when we needed to upgrade our house, you know, we have two sons. And back then when we needed to upgrade our house, we figured, well, instead of buying a rental property, you know, why don't we buy a bigger house that could accommodate us? And then we turned our our house that we owned then into our first rental. So that's kind of where it started. And that house, um, my husband and I, we... And the, and the boys, you know, we all kind of chip in renovating that house to get it, you know, to, it's funny because we always ended up uh, renovating our houses for the next person, <laughs> never in time for us, but, um, but it was fun. It was something that we could do together. So that was kind of part of our real estate journey was also doing the, the sweat equity into the properties. So, um, you know, that was our first rental. And then when we decided that we wanted to move to Florida, what we ended up doing was we didn't move right away, but we started moving our money down. So it's uh, the funny story is we found a house online that, you know, the numbers made sense. We didn't really care where in Florida it was as long as the numbers made sense. And the first time we actually saw that house in person was the day we closed. We did all the inspections through at that time Skype and uh, our real estate agent at that time, you know, somebody that we um, obviously trusted um, would help us through everything. And um, and then uh, once the rental, so we rented that property out in Florida. Our oldest son was going to go to high school. Our tenant said that they were building their own house. So we said, you know what? Perfect timing. Let's move into our rental property in Florida and get us down here. 
um, as a family, and we'll see where it takes us from there. And, you know, it's been five years now that we've been yeah. in Florida. The story sounds so logical. Like, that journey sounds logical, in mm-hmm. right? Don't you think, Marie? It, it sounds logical, and we have the benefit of being in the real estate industry where people think like this. And it, it's pretty common to have people looking at multiple streams of income, multiple streams of investments, and having maybe a, a bigger picture about where they want to end up with all of those things working together. You're an expert in this, but it seems like you were surrounded by people who were able to think about time freedom um, in a way that's different from other people. But how would you describe the problem that's holding a lot of people back from taking steps like this or um, really thinking about other ways to make income and build their lives? We'll be right back. Every other real estate rental property deal analysis spreadsheet is wrong. The only spreadsheet that correctly analyzes your real estate deals taking into account reserves, true cash flow, including depreciation, and your true net equity on a property is the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet from the Real Estate Financial Planner. Download a free copy today and finally start analyzing your rental properties correctly. Go to refp.info forward slash free to download it today. Yeah, well, it was um, a decision for Farhad, or my husband Farhad, to retire when we moved here. But it wasn't in a, a concept for me at all when we moved. It wasn't part of the plan. My, our, our plan was for me to to get you know um, another W two job, uh, the same industry that. Well, like I said, it's always been real estate, but I was doing um, community management, HOAs and condos. So I, I figured, you know what. I know that business. I'm good at that um, job, and I'll just find a replacement here. And um, so when we moved to Florida, it was kind of just, you know, from one job to the next. And, uh, you know, we kind of hit the ground running with that. But, um, you know, my husband retired, and I was like, man, you know, it would be nice if I retired too. Why don't we pick a round number um, and retire when I'm 40? And I was, uh, I guess, 36 at the time. And um, so took this day job. And obviously, a day job is never limited to nine to five nowadays. You know, there's a lot of overtime, there's a lot of weekends, there's a lot of traveling, at least for me. And um, it really was holding me back from pursuing what I wanted to do. And I wanted to be a writer, um, funny enough. And this dream of mine has had just been put on hold because I was all in like I said, hustling in my day job. I wanted to, you know, I was committed to that job. I wanted to excel at that job. And if I don't didn't have time to write my book and be an author, then I was going to be the best employee that this company ever saw. That hustle, you know, all the creativity and all the hard work that I was putting in this day job, you know, definitely was lucrative for us. We had a steady income, obviously. We had the benefits that a day job provides. But what somebody told me when I declined an offer to to go out on my own was I was in golden handcuffs. And there was the first time that I heard the term. A lot of people still haven't heard the term. And when I went home from that meeting, it just really, really clicked like, wow, I am in golden handcuffs. You know, yes, I make good money um, being a W-2 employee. But if you re- read Robert Kiyosaki's books, and not just the first one, uh, not just Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but Rich Dad's Ghetto Investing, Cashflow Quadrant, you know that you're in a hamster wheel. And what happened was when I turned 39, I said, oh, 
I'm thir- I'm turning 39. That means I only have one year to hit this goal that I had, a goal that I really, you know, it was just an idea. I didn't have a plan in place for that. I didn't say, oh, I'm going to buy X number of houses. And by that time I could afford retiring. And so um, 39 came around. I had just recently gotten another promotion at work, which meant what? Another, you know, more responsibilities. They they literally just got off the phone with me saying, hey, you know what? Congratulations on your promotion. Hey, now you're responsible for this. Um, I was traveling two and a half hours um, that day for my job, uh, you know, going to to different meetings. I was listening to a podcast and thinking, gosh, you know, I have one year left to to retire. What am I going to do? And I wish that somebody would pay me the steady paycheck, the health insurance, the things that I didn't want to um, lose, that I was afraid of losing, especially as a mom and, you know, having those responsibilities. Um, I wish I could get those things, but for somebody to do it so that I could do what I wanted to do, to write my book, to be an author, you know, in the books that I've read, they say, if you want something, give it away first. And and it really, I really didn't know what that meant. And, you know, it sounded good. It sounds like a great saying, but I didn't know what that meant until that moment. And I was like, well, if I want to be paid to do what I want to do, how can we pay people what they want to do? You know, is that possible? Can I hire somebody and give them the, the steady paycheck, give them the health insurance that um, that entrepreneurs don't get the luxury of when they take the risk of going out on their own. And, um, but instead of them building my business, the eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, can they use it to build their own business? Mm-hmm. So um, I am nowhere near being an attorney. We went to an attorney, made sure that, um, you know, this idea had some, some meat to it. And we we developed what we call angel employment. So um, in the real estate industry, I don't, you know, we didn't really hear the term angel investment until we started thinking about investing in businesses and things like that. So just, um, you know, just as a foundation, angel investors typically invest large sums of money in businesses to help them scale, um, whether it be, you know, marketing funds or or product development, what have you. You know, they typically help the business founders um, with business expenses. Well, you know, the people in golden handcuffs, the side hustlers that still have the day job still and, and are trying to grow a business, you know, they it, it's hard to let go of um, that day job because of the personal expenses. How can I have a steady stream of income to make sure that there's a roof over my head, that there's food on the table, that I can take my kids to the doctor? And that's where angel employment employment comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, golden handcuffs are tough for people that work their way through their career. They do really well, and then they find that they just don't want to do that anymore. But it's hard for them to leave that position on their own because the employer has them. And you know, when you were given more responsibility, um, if you got extra money, I bet it wasn't a ton more, right? That time that they gave you the additional, because you know, the employers they had you at a certain rate, and then. Your salary goes up incrementally. The only really way to get a good salary raise is to leave. I've said that many times to to employees that I've had in the past. Unfortunately, you know it depends on the employer, but you know usually you have to move out to move up. Yeah, you're always at a starting point, right? And you know they they increase it from that point. 
as opposed to, like you said, when you leave and you start fresh and you're like, okay, this is my starting point now. And, um, and, but regardless of whether leaving and going to another employer, you'll always be capped to that person's limits. You'll always be limited um, until you become your own boss, um, until you have that freedom to, um, you know, being an owner of a business is an unlimited amount of income. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some basic steps that people could take if they're listening to this, driving around to their job or from their job? They'd like to do what you've done. They'd like to do what I've done uh, and what maybe friends of theirs have done that they just can't figure out how they did it, how they left their job to go do their own venture. You know, what are some what are some basic things people can do today to get on that path? Uh, there's a lot of things. Um, and I tried to to talk about them in my book. And what I realized um, as I was writing my book is that people are in so many different uh, situations. Uh, some people don't uh, some people think that retirement, for example, is just hitting 67 and getting Social Security benefits. And um, they don't even know that, one, Social Security wasn't ever meant to completely fund your retirement, and two, that it's you know going away. So you know the first thing is first is learning how to manage your money, the money that you do have, the money that you're making, regardless of from what source, whether it's ordinary, ordinary earned income or passive income. You need to manage your money, and um, if you don't know how to manage your money, if you you know if you're not um, you know if you're in debt and you know paying uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, then I think that's the first step. But um, when when we talk about what steps you can take to move and transition and escape the nine to five to the job of your dreams, the first thing is starting with the end, right? Like Stephen Covey says, what is your dream? Do you know what you love to do? Do you know what you want to um, achieve to get that fulfillment in life? And that's not an easy task. And that's certainly not going to take a one car ride. Um, and it's something that could change. But, you know, you need to have an idea of, of what it is, because when you are an entrepreneur, um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of challenges um, that you're going to face. And it has to be something that is really means something to you. And hopefully also is a solution to a problem for other people that you can help. So these are the types of things that I, I would recommend people think about um, in terms of, okay, what am I going to leave my job for anyway? What's the point? And um, so establishing that and uh, creating a vision board so that you can, you know, you have this not just idea that that I had of, oh, yeah, you know, it sounds great. Let me retire by 40. But what does it exactly mean? What does it look like? And that way you can work towards it. And then, you know, you're looking at uh, we talked about multiple streams of income. So, you know, what can you do to to do, you know, to create those streams of income? One of them, obviously, and most for most people, their primary source of income is their nine to five. And, you know, how many entrepreneurs, whether they're doing things on the side or um, full time, can, you know, will or have or would say that they could use more time, an hour here, you know, two hours there. Well, how about eight hours more? You know, how can you get eight hours of your life back without losing the benefits of what those eight hours typically mean for you as um, at your day job? So, you know, that's where the book comes in. Maybe you read my book and see, okay, you know what? This is possible. This isn't some kind of, um, you know, too good to be true idea. 
Um, it, angel employment is something that has been put on paper. We have a legal team and accounting team that um, is looking to help people. And then on the other side, um, we have investors that are looking to invest as angel employers. We're not just talking to people that are trying to be what we call day hustlers. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about angel employment in just a second, but I want to once again give a personal story. I mean, Rory knew this is only for a long time now, uh, knew me when I was working full-time with a W-2 job. But, you know, Rory's been instrumental to all these short-term rentals that we do, which was on the side and is now full-time. You know, Rory could probably attest to this too, but, you know, think about the amount of time that we were spending on the first couple properties that we had and, you know, what not having a W-2 job has allowed us to do since then, right? Absolutely. I mean, when it's a side hustle and it started as an honest, true side hustle, we had a couple of weekender projects and we would get things going and we did well enough and got it to a certain point. But in order for this to become an actual enterprise that would be a significant source of income for our family, we needed those weekday hours. Um, we needed um, to be able to to focus our attention on actually growing these um, items, growing these businesses. Um, and that's not something we could have done without the daytime hours. You know, but that being said, something I've said in a lot of the podcasts too, is just the value of that W-2 job um, as a catalyst to get you started. There's certainly in real estate, when people are looking to start a career as a real estate agent, there's a, an eagerness and there's a lot of external advice telling people to jump in and to do this full time. Um, but for some people, that can be a very dangerous and unnecessary step um, because I do think the value of a you know full-time W-2 job is that it can help some people get in the door with their investments, um, certainly in real estate. It's a great way to qualify for a loan. It also can give somebody who's disciplined um, the opportunity to save um, some money so that they can take a little bit more of a risk when they um, go into work for themselves. So, you know, certainly if you take it too long, it becomes a golden handcuffs. Um, but I'm just curious, do you see value in the the full-time W-2 employment, you know, for somebody who's just starting out? Or do you recommend that somebody always kind of jump in and get the time freedom right away? You know, I think they just need to be aware. Definitely, there's a time and place for a day job. And, you know, if you're trying to learn skills, if you're trying to meet people, and if you haven't learned, um, you know, that financial management and, and if you know, and different ways that you can invest so that it, it could be safer to just have this steady income coming in. Um, and then, you know, once you learn how to actually build a savings from that income so that you're focusing on turning that into passive income, then sure, the day job is important. And um, in one of the chapters in my book, I answered these questions because they were questions that I was answering myself. Um, you know, all of our investment property that we have um, leading up to to me retiring, it was just so easy to do the refi because I had my W-2 job and, you know, I didn't even need, you know, um, uh, special documents to prove that, you know what, our income is more than enough to have to have this loan. And um, so that was part of the benefits that I wanted to provide people. You know, if um, you still have a W-2 coming in from day hustle, um, you're showing a steady income, but these eight hours is focused on your business, then, you know, then you're more apt to be able to get a loan because you have that, uh, you know, proof of income. Yeah. You know, I think what's important here is that this is, 
This is a transition that people have. It's easier to make it as a transition instead of like rip the Band-Aid off or have there be a complete stop to your job and then start this. I know that some people, they don't have a choice because their job ends, they're laid off or their company closes, whatever happens. I mean, like, you know, I've had a number of um, severance points in my working career where it wasn't my choice, where I left, you know, a company was going under, another company was going under, like, you know, but position ended. That's fine. Like you brush yourself off and find find the next thing. I mean, like I fully believe that work is really just a pathway from one point to another point. And I, I figured that out the first time it happened where I was like, oh, my God, like my company is closing. Like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, we had this weird, dumb foresight when I the most recent job that I had, I was in for six and a half years. My past two employers was like 13 years total. Rory, immediately after I, we got that job, we found our first investment, I don't know, a few months thereafter. And then we kind of fell into what we're doing now all while I was working that job. And I, I want to kind of emphasize the word hustle because you've been talking a lot about hustle, G. And I feel like we've been hustlers. Like, not that I hustle people out of money. I feel like I hustle. Rory, I feel like you hustle. Like we were talking about this weekend. Like, you know, we spend a lot of our weekends doing leisure activities. Like, you know, we're certainly involved in our daughter's lives. Uh, You know, we've done uh, adult recreational sports for many, many years. But I did that this past weekend. I mean, like I am a flag football referee for the league I used to play in for many, many years. I did that all day on Saturday. And then I drove two hours up to where Rory was at one of our investment properties and started working on the property. Like, I like doing that. I like doing that. Like, I don't know. I kind of think that's hustle. And sometimes you have to disconnect and just go do something else. But like our hobby happened to be what our side hustle was, which is now what my full-time thing is. And like, how grateful am I that, you know, that that situation happened? Because not everybody has that. And and I liked what I did for work for a long, long time. And then it started to get tiresome and boring and kind of the same thing, but you have those golden handcuffs. So, you know, you need some kind of event to cause you to say, well, what if you don't have this anymore? What if instead you get all those hours back, what can you do to grow your business? And that's the situation that we're in right now. And, you know, people are listening to this wondering, how do I get out of my job to get into that? I would say, just like what you've done, G, it is a transition. Like, it's not a break point. It is a start now on that thing that is going to really pay dividends many, many years down the line. One year down the line, two years down the line. Like, if you can get your footing that you figure out that this is a way to actually be sustainable and make some money, give it a shot, hustle for a couple of years, do both those things at the same time. And then if you want to roll the dice and make a go at it, figure out a way to get laid off or figure out a way to leave your job, get some severance if you can, and then move on to your next thing like that you've already been doing. Like that seems like that's kind of the key here. And it is the hustle culture, you know, I mean, I appreciate people who drive Uber and Lyft and do all these side hustles, but you know they're still kind of working for another enterprise. They're not do they're getting money they need to, but they're not building their own their own thing, their own business, right? And, and that's what you're coaching people in G, right? Like you know, with your book, you're talking about you know a day hustle. You're not talking about just doing hustling stuff that doesn't have a you know a long term goal. You're talking about things that are sustainable and could become somebody's actual career, right? Absolutely. I think you hit the nail right on the head. First, it's a transition um, from that nine to five to being a full-time business owner. And um, not just in what you're physically doing, but your mindset. It's a learning process too. Um, A lot of people don't realize what kind of responsibility, what kind of mindset you need 
um, to be out on your own. And um, but certainly when you talk about freedom, uh, that freedom, true freedom is having control of your destiny. So, you know, as an Uber driver, as a, you know, as a Lyft driver, what have you, like you said, you're still um, at the mercy of something else or someone else. And and that's where um, growing your own business, that's why people are are doing side hustles and and transitioning. 2020, um, which was the last, um, you know, survey that they did, it was 34% of working Americans having side hustles. And, you know, by now, 2023, that number is, you know, grown exponentially. But then you also have the people that are, you know, we, we went through the great resignation. Uh, then we're, you know, we heard about the quiet quitting and, and it's these people that are just getting by the radar so they can possibly focus on something better. Well, you know, there's the golden handcuffs and then there's people that are in rusty, you know, dirty old handcuffs and, and they hate their job and, and you know, they, they can't wait to um, get home and everything. So when you have a side hustle, there's there's a couple things. You know, Gary V talks about the 7 to 2 a.m. strategy. So you work your 9 to 5 and then, you know, you work 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. Well, where's the time for sleep? Where's the time for family? Where, you know, when can you go coach your your daughter or your son's soccer game um, or go to the recital? Where do you have time to read books and brush up and, and you know, sharpen your saw? And um, so there's those people that are just working and hustling nonstop, nonstop. Um, or there's the people that, like me, I worked my nine to five. I did not want to sacrifice, um, you know, uh, chaperoning field trips. I did not want to sacrifice, um, you know, being able to sleep um, or exercise. So my book writing career was put on hold. So, so that's where this transition, this resource comes in. Mm -hmm. Before we get to our final questions, I want to, and then you could tell everyone where they could go get day hustle, which you should do if you want to learn how to do all the stuff that G's talking about. Talk briefly about angel employment and an angel employer. What does that mean? Yeah, uh, basically, so day hustle, um, my book is the namesake of it is day hustle, the company. And it's day hustle, receive the benefits of a day job while you grow your side hustle. And the purpose is, is to make your side hustle, your day hustle, your primary source of income. Basically, what it does is an angel employer, um, day hustle is their original angel employer. We'll hire you as a W-2 employee. We'll give you the steady paycheck. We'll give you access to health insurance, uh, 401k, the things that you're imprisoned by at your day job. But we give you the time back to you know your job responsibilities, your job schedule, you fill it out. You fill it out. You tell us, okay, with your eight hours a day, what are you going to do to grow your business? And so it really helps people stop living for the weekend and really be able to have the focus. They don't have to worry about the income uh, that most entrepreneurs have to worry about at the beginning because they're trying to grow a business with no steady income. Now you can not just devote time, but your actual focus and energy into into growing that business. So, you know, how much faster can you grow your your business at that point? And um, so that's what Angel Employers is. And and like you said, if you needed to to get a loan, you have a, you know, you're a W-2 employee, but, uh, you know, your 
again, growing your side hustle instead. And, and it, at that point is your day hustle. Right. Rory, we'll get to this final questions in a second, but you know, I know we talk about real estate and law on this podcast because mm-hmm. it's the real estate law podcast and we don't always talk about those two things. Uh, but it all kind of falls into this time freedom category, doesn't it? I mean, this is something that we're all striving to achieve and a lot of people who listen want their time freedom. How does this, this question for Rory, how does this all fit in with a real estate business or a legal enterprise? I mean, this is what I've been living for the past 11 years. You haven't, I don't think, Jason, you've ever known me really as a W-2 employee. Um, I've had these business, these these small businesses, made mistakes, had successes, had failures. But this is kind of how I've led most of my adult life doing these day hustles. Um, you know, my nine to fives have always been working for myself. But before we wrap up with Gee, I just wanted to ask, you have something that's uh, a new day hustle that has nothing to do with either law or real estate. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Well, so, you know, it turned out when I went through the process, um, we found out that my passion was, uh, you know, writing and my husband's uh, passion is feeding people. So, you know, he retired. Now I I retired. I wrote the book. It launched. um, And now I can say that I'm a, a published author. And we wanted to pursue his passion. So we started a family-owned food truck here in Central Florida. We are uh, serving Persian-American fusion. My husband's Persian. And, um, you know, we know that you can't build a community without unity. So we are, with the fusion, bringing food together the way it brings people together. And it's just been so much fun. You know, we get to engage. It's it's a lot. The, the food community has been refreshing in terms of the support that they want to give local local businesses and, and family-owned businesses. All I can say is, you know, whether, you know, food or real estate or whatever is in your vision and your dreams, find it, figure out what it is, because then then it's less of a cliche when, when people say, you know, do something you love and, and you know, it's not work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really becomes true. Isn't it fun to reinvent yourself like that? Like you were branded so long in your career and then you decided to transition into a second career and kind of a third career with your husband where you're now running a food truck. And now you meet people that they only know you guys as the food truck people, right? Even though you have this past world and you have a lot of you know financial stability and security beyond what many food truck owners have. It's crazy. And, and, you know, and then we were able to put it together. Um, you know, at our food truck, we have outdoor covered seating and on, on the tables is, um, is a flyer about my book. And mm-hmm. I sell books, you know, while people are waiting for their food, they're like, Oh, what's this book? I want to get out of my nine to five. Let me get this book, you know, yeah. talk about multiple income streams and, and really being able to get to know people. Like I said, engaging with the community. They're learning about us and there's so many different facets about each of us, you know, and every one of us is, uh, like you said, whether you're reinventing yourself or just finding your true self, it really is an incredible journey. What's your number one dish that you sell? So we'd combine uh, kebab with the American favorite hamburger. So we have the kebab burger. (laughs) Kebab burger. I love it. That sounds delicious. I'm hungry also right now. So I'll have to get one. So that's great. 
I, I did have one other question I wanted to ask, and it, it's now slipped my mind. Um, so I'm going to go right into the final couple of questions that we ask of all of our guests on the podcast. That'll be an easy, easy way to kind of transition into you telling everyone where they can get your book if they're not in Florida and at one of your food truck events. We ask these of all of our guests who come on just to get to know you a little bit better and to wrap things up. The first question is, if you can get on stage for a half an hour and talk about any subject in the world, in the world with zero preparation, what would that be? I would talk about what I call the honeymoon life. Um, you don't have to be married or even in a relationship to be in the honeymoon life. You know, people talk about being in the honeymoon phase at their new job or new relationship, wh- whatever. But to, uh, to my husband and me, um, you know, the honeymoon life is just being in this world of blissfulness. You're you're not working. You're enjoying each other. You're easier to forgive. You're you're learning and there's excitement and you know, you're not worried about money. You're living a life that you don't need a vacation from. And um, you know, I think everything that we do, whether it's with, with each other or with the family or with work, it all is intertwined, right? We live this one life and we only have one life. Um, and you know, it's really up to us to get that time freedom to be able to enjoy it and get as much fulfillment as we want. You know, I thought of the question I was going to ask, but I think you actually just answered it right there. Interestingly enough, Rory, we've talked a lot about the term retired and how I think there needs to be another term for retired because I made the mistake of saying I'm retiring from my media job and people think I'm retired now, even though we work and hustle on our own business. Rory, maybe we should call it that we've entered the honeymoon life. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alex Brayshaw. Join me as I celebrate the positive impact of business and what drives the people behind it. It's a chance to hear from business leaders, emerging sectors and industry influencers about their unfinished business in just 25 minutes. Right? I still want to take a vacation every once in a while, even from that. But yeah, I mean, we're definitely have to search for a term. And that's, I mean, that's a question we've probably asked half of the podcast guests we've had is, you know, what, what is retirement? What do you mean by, yeah. by retirement? Because, I mean, I didn't see you at your W2 job, but I see you working more now than before, certainly. Right. Is, is, isn't that amazing? Like, you know, G's got all these enterprises going on with her family and she's retired. You know, like, that's why I think the word retired is just kind of a weird word these days especially when we have you know these 20 somethings uh you know floating around on the on tiktok talking about retiring early i'm like you haven't even worked yet right you know so let's let's get a different word in there but i don't know maybe i'm going to use honeymoon life but we'll, we'll test it out with our friends for a little bit we'll see we'll see if if we like that and and i'll report back to you i'll, I'll send you some residuals if <laughs> indeed we 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 stick with that funny um, story jason real quick um like i said i i started writing my book knowing that people have different visions and different understandings of things. I started right away explaining how everyone has a different definition of uh, an understanding of retirement. And my favorite one was Punky Brewster, 17, I think, from the Urban Dictionary. And to him or her, retired means being tired one day and tired again the next. (laughs) That's all it is. (laughs) Did you say Punky Brewster, 17, like the the re- redone version of Punky Brewster, the new one? No, no, I think it's like a username on the Urban Dictionary. Oh, okay. People try to, um, you know, define like how modern, how phrases mm-hmm. are used modern ways. Yep, and yep, um, yep. it was just funny. 
because Pucky Brewster, they just put a new version of it out a couple of years ago or last year. They did. Yeah. So I remember from the 80s. I think I think Peacock had because a lot of those old 80s sitcoms have kind of come back either with the same cast or some cast members that are grown up. And I think that Soleil Moon Fry and, you know, her friend Cherry, like they're now the adults and they kind of redid the whole 80s Pucky Brewster with some new kids. But they're the adults in it now. So. Hey, well, I'm an 80s baby, and, you know, <laughs> I definitely have to down. I say I am proudly Gen X. I am unabashedly and proudly Gen X. So second question we have, tell us something that happened early in your life or career that impacts the way that you're working today. Uh, early on in my career, well, uh, like I said, I was fortunate enough that just God and the universe kind of made it all happen for me. Um, you know, when I was accepted to UC Berkeley, it was just by luck that I was um, accepted to the spring semester that started in January when all of my friends were starting school in August like they normally do. And um, those extra three months that I had just, you know, I, I, it might be fate. I don't know. Um, but I walked down the busiest street on the block again the hustler that I am, I gave my resume out to every single company trying to get a job that, you know, would suit me and suit them for just three months. And my last resume was to this real estate company that needed somebody for three months. (laughs) It's all it took. Suddenly, you know, you've retired early as a result of of being, of being deferred your college acceptance by one semester, you know, which many people would perceive as a bad thing. Uh, but you didn't, you said, all right, well, go find something to do for a couple months and then I'll start school and, you know, turn into your career. Finally, uh, besides your book, tell us something that you're watching or reading or listening to these days. Oh, these days, um, you know, to be honest, uh, I want to talk about something that I do for fun. I love, I'm Filipino. So, you know, we love rom-coms and everything. And I thought that, you know, this, what do you call it? A commercial that I saw was for a Filipino rom-com and it ended up being Turkish. And um, my husband, again, is from Iran. Um, For political and religious reasons, we're not able to go to Iran. Um, And, you know, he he fleed Iran um, for, you know, religious persecution and everything. So the next best thing was for to have a little family reunion in Turkey. And um, we were lucky enough to get there before, you know, Turkey, you know, things went bad in Turkey as well. But I started watching this rom-com in Turkish and now I'm learning, you know, a new language and it's super, super fun. And and when I just want to relax, that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm watching a rom-com and learning at the same time. (laughs) In Turkish. Rory, when we put that same rom-com on, just put the closed captioning on for me because I can guarantee there's no way I'd be able to learn Turkish from watching romantic comedy. Well, I think we have the the closed captioning on in English often just because of all the noise in the house, but that's that's different. (laughs) It's um... funny. I um I learned to speak Farsi, Persian, uh, when I met my husband because his parents don't don't speak English, and I obviously wanted to communicate with them. That learning that um twenty one years ago, when we just had our twenty first wedding anniversary, it pushed all of the Spanish that I learned in high school in the background. And gosh, um, that's one of the things like learning languages is so important. And now in the food truck. When people come up and all the, you know, we're here in Florida, there's, a, you know, there's a big Spanish population and they come talk and, and I'm like, man, I wish I'd still had, um, you know, the fluency that I had in high school, but now it's slowly coming back. And again, being able to communicate with each other, I think that's why I enjoy learning a new language so much. You just have one of those language brains. 
some people are equipped that way and many others like myself are not. <laughs> they do have tools for that now, though. I know. I know. I know. Well, well maybe, maybe once we get things stabilized with our side hustle, which is now our full-time hustle, we'll uh, go down the language road once again. Um, so tell us uh, where people could find out more about you, where they could uh, download or buy a copy of Day Hustle and what the easiest way to get a hold of you is going to be. Easy. Dayhustle.com. You can find everything there. Um, there's uh, videos and, um, you know, this podcast will be aired on there. Um, but it's got all of the information as far as where to get the book and um, and how to contact me, whether it's through social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, or, you know, booking a side-by-side with me. Even you can do that online. So it's just dayhustle.com. All right. Dayhustle.com. We'll put all that in the show notes. And your food truck schedule, is that there too? Or is that on your social media? That's on social media. Peace of Persia. We will link to that as well. We like to link to Instagram accounts. Rory, where can people get a hold of you? Um, You can find me in two different places. My real estate brokerage, Next Home Title Town. That's nexthometitletown.com. Or my law practice, Urban Village Legal. That's at urbanvillagelegal.com. All right. And if you want to get a hold of me, if you'd like to be a guest on this podcast or have questions uh, regarding what you heard or want to reach out to G and can't get a hold of her for some reason, you can reach out to me, Jason, at nexthometitletown.com. All right. Well, a great discussion about time freedom and hustling and how to transition from a W-2 job away from one. We, we really appreciate hearing your story, G. Um, it's Again, it sounds like such a simple story. I know it's not simple. Um, none of our labs are simple, uh, especially when it involves, you know, fleeing a country for religious persecution. I know friends that have actually fleed Iran as well, you know, back um, in the revolution of the 70s, I believe it was, their families fleed. That's a challenge in starting to reinvent yourself in a new place. Um, you know, so kudos to him and to you for doing that and taking that spirit of, you know, working in real estate during your semester off between high school and college and turning that into, you know, a long career that somehow taught you how to retire early. I'm sorry, how to honeymoon. What is in honeymoon life? Early. <laughs> That's what we're going to use. And thank you for being on the podcast. This has been a, a great discussion. I appreciate your being here. Thank you, guys. It's definitely been my pleasure. I really enjoyed our conversation. Great. Uh, well, thank you for listening. And if you've enjoyed the episode, we'd love it if you can give us a five-star review where you're listening to it or drop us a comment and we'll read those, respond to them accordingly. Um, and on behalf of G and Rory, uh, this is Jason Muth. And thanks again for listening. Bye. This has been the Real Estate Law Podcast. Because real estate is more than just pretty pictures and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. We're powered by Next Home Title Town, Greater Boston's progressive real estate brokerage. More at nexthometitletown.com. And Urban Village Legal, Massachusetts real estate council, serving savvy property owners, lenders, and investors. More at urbanvillagelegal.com. Today's conversation was not legal advice, but we hope you found it entertaining and informative. Discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.